0: Lord Jesus, by your Holy Spirit, open our minds to understand how all the scriptures point to you. Open our eyes to recognize your truth. Open our hearts to receive your grace. For the glory of the Father we pray. Amen. Please be seated. This morning, we begin a new message series called, The Story of God. We're going to take this year and walk through the story of God together, from Genesis to Revelation, who God is, who we are, and how to live in grateful response. And we begin this morning with the dominant story. The universe is made up of atoms, atoms and stories. We all live within time and space, and we all live within a story. The stories we know, the stories we hear, the stories we embrace, the stories we tell. Stories are how we make sense of the time and the space we occupy. We live in stories. Think about that for a moment. Think about your favorite books. Think about your favorite movies. They draw you in. And you begin to feel what the characters feel. Their pain becomes your pain. Their victory becomes your victory. Stories are the language of the world. We enter stories and make them part of our own experience. Now... Of all the stories that occupy time and space, everyone has a dominant story. Our dominant story is the lens through which we perceive reality. It defines our existence. It shapes our identity. It charts our life trajectory. And it determines our eternal destiny. What's your dominant story? Here's an example of One man's dominant story. Take a look at this.
1: Really letting me go? Didn't you understand, the Bishop? Madam know, offer these men some wine. They must be thirsty. Thank you. And don't forget. Don't ever forget.
0: Mm. It's a powerful clip, isn't it? Anybody seen Les Mis? Right. Jean Valjean fundamentally believes himself to be a victim. His dominant story is one of misfortune. And he comes to believe himself to be a thief. Prison further forms This identity. So even when he's released, he acts like a thief. Then God intervenes. Through the bishop, God invites Jean Valjean into a bigger story. It's a bigger story, it's a better story, and it forever changes Jean Valjean's life for the best. You and I have a dominant story it may not be good it may not be true but we have a story a view of god a view of ourselves a view of the world it's our dominant story and our dominant story informs all the other substories in our lives numerous stories Constantly and cleverly communicated throughout our culture every day solicit our affections. Numerous stories constantly and cleverly communicated throughout our culture every day plead for our allegiance and they're easily embraced. The stories of our culture constantly compete to become our dominant story and breaking through them can be really difficult and even painful. Complete the following sentence with the first thought that comes to your mind. God is... The purpose of my life is, when I die, I will... Your dominant story informs how you perceive God, how you perceive yourself and others, life in general, and even death. Now, there is one story that dominates every other story. It's the story of stories, the grand story of the universe. It's God's story. The story of God, the dominant story of the universe culminates in the gospel. And what the gospel does is the gospel exposes and redeems all of the other lesser stories in the universe. And that's what we're looking at together this year. This year, we're going to journey together through God's story in order to know God's story, that we might live God's story and tell God's story throughout our spheres of influence every week we'll engage a significant portion of God's story we'll discover the key people and places and events we'll hear how every story in the Bible helps us understand who God is who God created us to be how sin corrupts our God-given identity what God graciously does on our behalf and how we can live in grateful response Every week we'll see how the story of God can become more fully our story, our dominant story that shapes our identity, brings meaning and purpose to our lives, and ensures us of an eternal inheritance that will never spoil or fade. I'm really excited about this journey that we begin together today. And all that being said, it's worth considering something. It's worth considering what the Bible is and what the Bible is not. What is the Bible? Well, the Bible is not primarily a rule book telling us how to live. And a lot of people make that mistake. The Bible is actually so much more than that. It is so much better than that. Let me share a few ways that's helpful for us to understand what the Bible is all about. First, the Bible connects us with the heart of God. God gives us the Bible as a kind of love letter. God desires us to open the Bible and read its words, not out of duty or obligation, but with joy and anticipation of knowing who He is and how to live in relationship with Him. It's words from his heart to ours. It's how it was for King David. Listen to what King David writes in a song, Psalm 119. I have sought you with all my heart, O Lord. Don't let me wander from your commandments. I have treasured your word in my heart so that I may not sin against you. Lord, may you be praised. Teach me your statutes. With my lips, I will proclaim all the judgments from your mouth. I will rejoice in the way you reveal your decrees to me, as much as all the other riches in my life. I will meditate on your precepts and think about your ways. I will delight in your word. I will not forget it. Deal generously with your servant. Lord, that I might live... That I might keep your word, open my eyes so that I may contemplate wonderful things from your instruction. Do you hear the heart connection? What David knew is something that you and I can also know and experience today. That God gives us the scripture as a means of connection. It's a loving gift to connect our hearts with the heart of God. Secondly, it's important to grasp that the Bible is a rescue story. A rescue story. It's God's plan for salvation. And that plan is revealed throughout history at different times to different people and in different ways. But it finds its fulfillment in God's Son. This is what Jesus explains to two people on the road to Emmaus the evening of His resurrection. These two disciples are walking from Jerusalem to a small town outside of Jerusalem, Emmaus, and as they're walking, they're confused about the events that had taken place of the day. They're they're frustrated. They don't understand how Jesus, who they thought was Messiah, could have been killed and buried, and now there are all these rumors and gossip that He is alive. And so Jesus comes up alongside them. They don't recognize him yet, but he says to them, wasn't it clearly predicted that Messiah would have to suffer all these things before entering his glory? And then it says, Jesus took them through the writings of Moses and all the prophets, explaining from all the scriptures the things concerning himself. Jesus explains to them that every story in the Bible points to him. He helps them to see that in the scope of God's larger story, he is the main character. He's the hero. The Bible is the story of God's rescue, and that rescue comes in the person and ministry of Jesus. Everything before him points to him, and everything after him points back to him. That's how we read the Bible for all it's worth. Third, the Bible is God's means of making us wise for salvation. It's really encouraging what Paul writes to his apprentice, Timothy. In 2 Timothy 3, beginning at verse 14, Paul encourages his young protege with this. Continue in what you have learned and have firmly believed, knowing from whom you learned it. You've been taught the holy scriptures from childhood, and they've given you the wisdom to receive the salvation that comes by trusting in Christ Jesus. All Scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us, Timothy, what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we're wrong and teaches us to do what is right. And God uses it to prepare and equip His people to do every good work. What a loving, fatherly, thing to share with Timothy the scriptures are given to us by God in order to make us wise in salvation through faith in Jesus Christ the Bible shows us Jesus it points to him and describes how to live his way for his glory and through the Word, we're put together and shaped for the good works God has prepared and assigned for us to walk in. The Bible connects us with the heart of God. The Bible reveals the rescue story of God. And the Bible is the, is the means to make us wise for salvation. That's God's promise and the expectation we can have as we journey through the Scriptures together this year. We're going to connect with the heart of God, hear how every story in the Bible points to Jesus, and see what happens when God's story, the dominant story, shapes our identity and brings meaning and purpose to our lives. Now, there are five movements within God's story. Five significant chapters. God, creation, fall, restoration, and response. This is the framework of God's story. I'm going to show you a clip, and I want to, uh, I want to invite you to, to hear Uh, and to see these five movements. And which one of these five movements of the gospel do you think this clip best illustrates? What
2: is the gospel? It all begins with God. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. God created the first man, Adam, and the first woman, Eve, to rule over the garden. God told them they could eat from any tree that they wanted to in the garden, except for the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Everything was perfect in the garden. They had a perfect relationship with the land, a perfect relationship with each other, a perfect relationship with God, until they chose to rebel against God and eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And it brought about separation between them and God. Man has always tried to bridge the separation on his own terms and in his own strength. Whether it's building a ladder of morality and trying to be good enough for God, or even in the Old Testament example when men built a tower into the heavens trying to reach God on their own. A more contemporary example comes from 1961, when the Russians were first successful in sending a man into outer space. Upon returning, the Russian cosmonaut remarked, We've been to space and we didn't find God or heaven there. A popular professor and author, C.S. Lewis, responded to the Russian cosmonaut. He said that looking for God in outer space is kind of like Hamlet, one of the characters in Shakespeare's plays, looking for Shakespeare in the attic of his home. Lewis said that for Hamlet to have a relationship with Shakespeare, Shakespeare would literally have to write himself into the story. That is the gospel. The Bible says, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in Him shall not perish but have eternal life. The Gospel is the account of God writing Himself into human history. Almost 2,000 years ago, the Bible says that Jesus, in fulfillment to Old Testament prophecies, was born of a virgin. Even as a child, He lived a perfect life. At the age of 30, He began His public ministry. He attracted followers. For three years, He taught, He healed, and He made bold claims, such as saying that He alone was the only way to God. The religious and political leaders did not like these teachings. They invoked a riot against Jesus. They brought about false accusations leading to a trial and to a sentencing of death by public crucifixion. The Bible says that while Jesus hung on the cross that God placed all of the sin of all of mankind on Jesus. Jesus hung on the cross as our substitute. God made Him who knew no sin to become sin for us so that we might become the righteousness of God in Him. They took Jesus down from the cross and they put Him in the tomb. They rolled a large stone at the entrance of the tomb so no one could get in or out. There were Roman soldiers who were posted on guard to keep people from coming to take jesus's body but on the third day according to scripture he rose again after being seen by many eyewitnesses and giving instruction to his followers he ascended back into the heaven where he now sits at the right hand of god and serves as our advocate before the father so what does this have to do with you The Bible says that we have all sinned and that we all fall short of God's standard of holiness. The Bible says that the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. There is no way to get rid of the burden of sin on our own. God calls all men everywhere to believe in Christ, repent of sins, and trust Christ to live a new life. As we look back and believe in what God has done through the crucifixion, the burial, and the resurrection, as we repent and turn from our sins, as we trust Jesus as our Savior and Lord, we have peace with God and the forgiveness of sins. So let's review. It all begins with God. Because of our sin, we are separated from God. The gospel is the account of God writing Himself into humanity in history. Jesus died in our place for our sins and rose again on the third day. As we believe in Christ, repent from our sins, and trust Jesus for new life, we have peace with God and forgiveness of sins. That is the gospel.
0: The first movement of God's story is God. God is eternal in the beginning God already exists God is holy and does all things that are good right and perfect the second movement of God's story is creation God is the creator of all things and since God is the creator he's the one who gives meaning and purpose to all that exists God creates us in His image to love Him and to love one another according to His design. And that means we aren't self-made men or women, and we don't determine our own meaning and purpose. God creates us, and God determines the purpose for our lives. And God also has the authority to hold us accountable to the purposes for which He created us. God, creation, and the third movement of God's story is the fall. Creation no longer exists in its original glory. Sin corrupts God's design. Sin separates us from God. Sin separates us from one another. We're physically, emotionally, and spiritually broken, and we need restoration. We deserve condemnation, punishment, and death And yet in Christ, God mercifully grants us forgiveness, reconciliation, and life. God, creation, the fall, and the fourth movement of God's story is restoration. This rescuer, this restorer, is Jesus Christ. There is no other hope. There is no other way salvation is found in no one else, for there's no other name under heaven given to us by which we must be saved. And God's story doesn't just end with a reconciled and restored people. It ends with a new heaven and a new earth where sin and death and the devil are completely removed and where peace and love and joy forever fulfills how we relate to God and one another. God creation, the fall, restoration and the fifth movement of God's story is response how will you respond because our lives must find their place in some greater story or they will find their place in some lesser story and so Jesus stands at the door and knocks saying, if you hear my voice, and you open the door, I will come in, and we will share a meal together as friends. Y'all, this is the year of discipleship. Will you come and follow Jesus with me through the story of God? With joy and expectation will you come and invite your family and friends and neighbors to come to know God's story, to live God's story, and to tell God's story. Will you invite the Holy Spirit to make the dominant story of the universe your dominant story? Will you open the Scriptures with me to connect with the heart of God and enjoy the fullness of salvation so that our hearts will burn within us as we meet with Jesus and He explains the Scriptures to us along the way. And that's where we'll pick up next week with Narrative 1, Creation. Let us pray. Lord Jesus, we ask by your Holy Spirit that you would open our minds to understand how all the Scriptures point to you. That you would open our eyes to recognize your truth and open our hearts to receive your grace. And make yourself known to us in the breaking of the bread. For the glory of the Father we pray. Amen.